thank you so much for listening to another episode of CX Chronicles Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian Brady Chisana. Tune in each week as we listen to amazing customer-focused business leaders from across the world sharing their personal stories about their teams, tools, process, and feedback. Check us out at cxchronicles.com today or listen on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Today's episode is brought to you by Calabrio, workforce optimization for the modern contact center. Uncover insights and empower human interactions with an easy, personalized, and smart workforce engagement management suite. What are some of the ways that Calabrio can help you? Call recordings, quality management, workforce management, analytics, and data management. Check out what the Calabrio team is working at at calabrio.com today. Hey folks, thanks so much for listening to another episode of the CX Chronicles podcast. We are thrilled to have each and every one of you guys tuning in every week, listening and learning from amazing customer-focused business leaders from across the world. If you'd like to learn more about how CX Chronicles can help your business, then check out some of the work that we're doing with amazing customers across the world, offering our fractional CXO managed services. We've been helping with customer experience and customer success, team building and scaling. We've been doing customer experience and employee experience scorecards. We've had an incredible time building customer journey maps and living playbooks for some incredible companies across the world. If you need extra customer experience and customer success support and leadership in your business, then reach out to cxchronicles.com today. We would be thrilled to connect with you and learn more about how your business is tackling the four CX pillars. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of the CX Chronicles podcast. Super excited today, guys. We have Fran Brisky, founder and CEO at Hark, joining the show. Uh, Fran, why don't you say hello to the CX Nation, my friend? CX Nation, hello. Uh, honored, humble to be here. Uh, longtime listener, reached out to Adrian on LinkedIn. And man, we've had, what, several conversations now. Uh, always learn new things when I talk to you. I'm always enthusiastic coming out. Like, I feel like we run through a wall after our conversations. And uh, I'm really pumped to be on the podcast and, and chat in public now. Sweet, man. Well, look, number one, I appreciate all that. Um, guys, Fran is building a super cool company. And, um, you know, when Fran, as Fran just mentioned, uh, um, first couple of times we chatted, number one, I immediately was drawn to what he's building with Hark. Number two, um, I just immediately saw so many similarities of what Fran and his team are going through building Hark and what me and my team are going through building CX Chronicles. So I think this is going to be a really awesome episode today. And um, Fran, Fran's going to have some really cool ideas, I think, for you to think about in terms of what he's going through with his team building Hark, but also just like the future of support, the future of customer success, the future of the way that we're all going to be taking care of customers. So I want in today's show, I want our listeners kind of thinking about how you can fast forward some of the things that we're always talking about each week uh, a couple of years from now and start thinking about how some of the things that we're going to norm, we're going to look back and we're going to think are super normal in a, in five years or 10 years. And we're going to be like, why the hell did we always do this stuff? Fran's company's building some of the stuff that I think is going to be in the front end of that. So Fran, why don't you start off, man, set the stage before we even get into all the awesome stuff with Hark. Um, give the listeners a sense for how you got into this space, man. How'd you start your customer focused business leader journey? Yeah. And what were some of the stepping stones along the way, man, for you to, to get into the place that you're in today, building Hark? Totally. So I've been in startups in and around 10 years. Uh, I came out of school and I worked for some of your bigger companies like JP Morgan, Stryker. Um, 
I didn't love it. I didn't love being part of such a large bureaucracy. I, I, I love being able to iterate, to change, to feel my impact on the company. So I, I took a route into startups and primarily in a sales focused engine. Uh, in biotech and medical device, you talk about customer experience. I ran an entire territory on my own, right? So it wasn't your normal SaaS, AE, account manager, customer success. It was you. That's it. And if you've got a million dollar quota and you lose a $200,000 account, you better go find ways to, to, to pick that back up and then you know gain even more revenue. So I got very in tune with not only selling to customers, but with servicing them and making sure they were very happy on both sides. Um, Fast forward, moved into SaaS, again, been in startups for a while, uh, head of sales at my last one, and always really fo focused on that customer journey from the acquisition side, but but a lot post-purchase, right? I, I mean, the most successful companies out there that I deal with have customers that love them. You know, you get on the phone with somebody and they're like, oh, you got to talk to XYZ company. Those people are the best. It, it, it's the best compliment you can get. So after the last startup dissolved, um, I knew that I, I, I had the itch to be a founder. I knew I had the network, I had the foundation, and I was ready to take that leap. And I was obsessed with the customer journey post-purchase. And I became very obsessed as a consumer asking, why is it every single brand I reach out to is phone, email, phone, or chat? It's the same tech stack everywhere. And although some chatbots sound more like humans than others, and some are more self-service than others, <laughs> it's the same flow. And at the end of the day, I just want to be able to front load my problem, move on with my day because my time is precious, but also understand, give the agents what they need so they can solve it out. Um, so I found myself continuously guessing, what do I need to front load in an email to show them and possibly get this right? And I'm hit back with these automated responses about, you know, we need X, Y, and Z. They're asking for the same stuff I gave them. They just want uniformity. So I became obsessed with this idea. And simultaneously, we've entered a time when three of the five top apps on the market really are Snapchat, Instagram, and TikTok. And what do they all have in common? Asynchronous right. video, you know? Like, yep. so, so it's like, yep. all right, people are communicating in a new way. The post-purchase CX world, I don't want to say is antiquated. There's a lot of innovation happening, but that innovation's not really hitting the consumer as much. A lot of it's on the back end, making things more streamlined. How can I bridge two sides of that and make an incredible experience for the consumer who wants to communicate differently, but also package things up for the agent and make their life much, much easier. And that's how Hark was born. I love it, Fran. I mean, number one, you already know that um, uh, many of the, myself and many of the folks that listen to this show, we're probably some of the biggest fans of, uh, and believers, if you will, about the power of focusing on CX and EX simultaneously, right? Creating right. two tracks to build your business, one focus on customer side, one focus on your employee experience, employee engagement side, and just slamming the gas on those two tracks. Because if you the companies that do that typically crush it and they typically get ahead and there's typically all of uh, to your point man they're building armies of promoters not just on the customer ranks but on their employee rank side too um second big thing man is that i uh, i love that you're talking about you're right right we it's so funny like now that you say it like that like some of the big Adrian, what are some of the biggest things that are attracting the most attention on planet earth these platforms right tiktok facebook insta all these different um what are they doing video short video short form video uh it's unfortunate but humans our attentions have definitely waned, right? We can't, sure. it's not like you're, 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 you're uh, everyone's on the train reading War and Peace these days, right? People are <laughs> slamming through 30 second videos on their phone and jamming on the like button, right? That's, that's what it is. It's where we're at in 2022, whether you love it or you hate it. But you bring up a brilliant point, Fran, which is like that equals some type of validity around consumer expectations, consumer demand, yep. 
the preferred mediums. Like that's brilliant, man. That's super, super smart. Oftentimes let's call it what it is. There's usually only a handful of companies that can stay ahead on how quickly they only need to revert their success, their experience, their journey, their support for some of those new mediums. But I love that you guys are building in a space where you already know that that's going to be where it's going. And, and you're right. The video piece is huge. And Fran, I've, Fran probably laughs guys because every single time I talk with him now, I've got like three new examples of where we should sell to Arc <laughs> because it's, just, it's true, right? You've got huge companies that are, they've gotten excellent at managing their volume and their scale typically through the way that they use their issue resolution management system or their ticketing software, right? That's part of how they can yeah. keep up with all this stuff. The bottom line is most of the times customers leave those, those support uh, situations unhappy. And it's because of what Fran's talking about. There's automated stuff. There's, it's hard to get someone on a telephone. It's even harder to get someone. I, when's the last time you guys saw a global brand put a face on your computer screen so you could talk through the issue instead of typing it out, right? Or, or being on a phone call for 47 minutes. Um, so there is a new world where like there's a huge opportunity for short form video back and forth, Adrian can drop his 30 second note to Fran, Frank can drop his 30 second response or better yet his resolution back to Adrian, everybody's thrilled, everybody's happy. And there's cost implications yeah. on that too, Fred. All right, for the CX and the CS nerds listening, you can kind of think about what that means for your budget. If you're running a team at scale and you're out, you're the guy or gal that's charged with thinking about how you can cost effectively manage your success or your support or your experience. So I, I really, really love that, Ben. Um, Fran, let's dive into the first pillar of team, man. I want you to, I definitely want to learn more about Hark and I want to learn more about the business you're building, but you're in a cool position, man. You're, you're similar to me. You're seeing all these different companies and you're seeing how they're kind of formed. I'd love for you to take a couple minutes to talk about the first CX pillar uh, of team and, and just, just, just give the listeners some ideas for how you guys have been building your team at Hark and what are some of the things that you're, you're noticing you're seeing with the clients that you're servicing today and the way that they've built their, their, their success and experience and support teams. Yeah, of course. Uh, you would think it's pretty similar everywhere, but everyone does it differently, right? Um, and a lot of that comes back to the leadership and how involved or not involved they are with CX. Could be a good or bad thing, them being involved. And what I mean by that is I talk to a lot of companies. I mean, every day I talk to five different companies. And you seem to have leaders who want to throw bodies at problems. Their belief is that everybody wants to get to a human and what they should do is scale with a BPO up and down so that there's always humans available. And I don't necessarily agree with that. And I see a lot of the younger generation also doesn't necessarily agree with that. If you really look into, like there, there's some companies I've worked with who get really into telling stories internally with data, which is a great, you have to be doing that. And if you look at the urgency of requests, live chat is wildly misused, right? It, it, it doesn't need to be live all the time. It's just what we've been programmed to do because that's going to be the fastest resolution to our result as a consumer. But man, that puts so much strain on the back end of these teams. So I, I, I know we're getting into the makeup and how I built my team and this and that, but I, I want to call out how hard the CX leader role is right now because many CX leaders I know were just fantastic customer support people who were plucked and put into this role, whether they wanted to or not, because the company was scaling so fast. And they're trying to be everywhere the customer is, but every customer is different. It's so subjective. So you've got an older generation who loves to pick up the phone and call. Well, you've better got really, really um, high volume of people ready to take those calls or else you've got the wait on hold or you have now people are putting in like, oh, press one and we'll call you back. We call you back in the middle of my next meeting and now you're interfering with my meeting. Now I have to call you back again and we're doing this, you know, this, this, this song and dance. It, it, it's right. ridiculous. Um, 
live chat, you, you've got to be ready. And although you can handle many live chats at once, there's so many consumers who open live chat, then they're on another browser. I mean, we've got very little attention spans, as you mentioned. So you don't go back to the live chat. Now you're signed out. Now you're starting all over again. It's just adding friction into the process where it's not needed. If it was truly urgent, they'd be sitting there watching the live chat until they got help. So I bring that up that some of the more forward-looking brands that we work with um, are looking at ways, how can I provide a great customer experience, but deflect the urgency of it, where 90% of these are not urgent, and build trust and transparency with our customers to show, hey, we got it. We're on it. We're working on it. Um, you don't have to call in through another channel and check back. Like, like we, we have your back on that. And that's where I think the, the industry is ripe for innovation of, of not only creating a better customer experience initially, but through the process. You and I talked about this a lot in the past, the customer full journey, them being able to check in and see that their ticket's being worked on, the, the agent coming back and resolving it, and then following up again with them to let them know above and beyond. I, I think that's imperative. And as I see teams moving that way, using technology to make that happen versus throwing bodies at it, those companies are having better like margins, um, their their cogs are going down. Uh, their 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 you know customer acquisition costs are there, but their post purchase you know th those margins are, are better as well, and they're just going to be better off in the long run. Yep, hundred percent. You mentioned the cogs part, so cost uh, cost of cost of goods sold, right? And like I think one of the big the big things that you nailed is a part of the journey, right? Is understanding all of the different segments that a, a given customer, or sorry, a given company has, right? And all of us, yeah. everybody listening to wildly different companies, different industries, to transpoint different team sizes. Also, I would argue one extra part I want to add on to the top of what you just said there, friend, is different executive um, appetites. So different leader, different executive leadership teams have different appetites around how they believe, you mentioned the throwing bodies part, some, some, some executive teams, they're going to be thrilled to throw additional budget, right? If they're killing it, they're crushing mm -hmm. it, they're seeing abundance of a certain type of customer coming through. Here you go, here, throw 10 more people at the problem. Some executives have that technology process or that technology appetite where it's like, nope, now we can finally aboard the thing that I've been telling you no to for the last two or three years. If you're the head of CX yeah. or the VP of CX, now we can finally buy that thing that you've been bugging me about, right? And whether that's a leading tool or or, or some type of process management, whatever it is, right? Um, but, 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 but the segments piece is huge, guys, because I don't care what size you're at right now of any business, but like if you don't already have that boiled through where inside of your different, the different folks sitting inside of your customer portfolio, it's super easy. Whether you got 10 company, 10 customers or you got a thousand customers, you got a million customers. It's really, really easy to lay out what Fran's talking about where you can start to understand the different mediums. Meaning, so like when you said phone calls, you mentioned some of our older folks, they like to get on the phone. Some of our younger folks, they want to do short, short, short term video or chat at most like they want to be quick and quick into the punch right and they're already used yeah. to um and hand all the damn time and that's kind of the way that they communicate right and then lastly there's different um there's different needs or use cases depending on severity of items right so like if it's like a a quick little easy thing maybe some people don't mind just like dropping in a dropping in a ticket on uh, on the company site or leaving a quick one because it's just like a, an answer that you don't care whether they get back to you now or they get back to you like in a week from now whereas there's other things where it's like the house is on fire i want to talk to somebody right this second or i want somebody to acknowledge the fact that i've got a problem right this second but like yeah. guys it's really easy to go through your portfolio and take a take a different look at it if you haven't done so already because a lot of the best cxers and cxers they're already doing this type of thing but like take up take a minute to go through your customers and understand what the primary 
primary mediums are, secondary mediums, preferred mediums, right? Are they going to be chat people? Are they phone people? Are they video people? Are they people that in person, right? Some, Grant, I was telling you before we started diving into today's show, some of our customers, been, they still meet with people. They're literally yep. still going and meeting with, meeting with their customers and meeting with their clients face-to-face. So in person is another medium. Um, and then you start to, it starts to carve out this, this new lens around capacity, right? And when you start, when you hear Fran talking about just like cost of goods sold, team budgets, uh, the different teams or roles required on a team to think about it, that's an easy way to start to do a little bit of forward math around your capacity management, your capacity planning, bandwidth planning, right? And then you can really kind of start to make some 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 more um, um, uh, calculated uh, decisions around sort of how you need to think about building the team. So all awesome, awesome thoughts here, Fred. Yeah, and real um, quick on that. So, so you, I mean, something you and I talk about all the time is CX and EX. So you, you bring up a point here when you know the way we run our company like we've got rules of the road uh, bylaws is a, a a term you could use for it i think it's a little harsh but like how do we engage with each other at heart right like how how do you want to be spoken to that that's very personal and if you can understand that at the employee level um your, your company is going to be humming right like your departments are going to be working well together well on the cx side it's very similar i, I mean we look at like the consumers and assume that they need to have all options open at all times and like roll out the red carpet. But at the end of the day, most consumers who have some sort of loyalty to your brand want to engage with you in the best way for you. Like most are just waiting for you to tell them, hey, like if it's something small like this that you just said, tell me the best channel to communicate with you. And I will do that gladly. If it's, if I'm putting a lot of strain on you through live chat, because that's just what I go to do, I'm happy to change my habits to make it easy on your team. And when you start to, I mean, contact us pages, we're doing a blog piece about this now where there's not enough direction for the consumer. You know, like we, we're, we're in the self-serve motion. We wanna make that easy, but, but we actually add a lot of friction because our policies change all the time. We don't communicate them and it gets cluttered and it gets awkward for the consumer. So they just go to what they know. But if you can communicate with them and show them, hey, here's the best way to engage with us, they'll reciprocate that. And when they do, and those channels are being used in the appropriate way, your CX department starts humming because now you only have to staff so many people for live chat. You only have to staff so many people with the phone because the other asynchronous channels are taking a lot of that volume up, making things easier in your agents. Yep, 100% agree, man. It's so true. And the last thing that you made me think about with that too is just like, be open to this, guys. Like that you see, there's a lot of companies out there that only provide the one medium, right? Like they... Mm-hmm. We're making a decision, no telephone calls to this company. Okay, fine. That's fine. I get it. I totally understand. It's 2022. People want to do different things. People want to try to, to your point, friend, they want to drive customers into the different technology sets that they're building that they think are going to equal their ability to manage, I guess, scale, manage volume. Maybe they think that th- that medium is the best medium that they're going to be able to provide the highest level of support. Uh, but be open to this, guys, because I know for a fact, like, well, me personally, just for what it's worth, that drives me nuts. I hate it when there's not more than one channel. Yeah. Only because you're telling me that this is the only way that I can speak with you uh, as a brand, as a business, as a support unit. It just, it does, it's a bit of a turnoff for me. But then again, I also understand that different businesses have different customer needs, different customer needs have different communica- communication mediums that tend to work the best or that they already know work the best, right? Some of these industries that are, have been around for a hundred years, they already know how they, how their customers want to be talked to, or they already know what types of expectations yeah. their customers have and, and they can kind of try they can kind of try to build around that so um it's, it, it's a risk man because you, you i'm sorry I, it's such an important point that 
these smaller e-commerce companies who put a form up, which is fine, because like you said, that's all they can do right now. They're getting off the ground. We we get it. But your nimbleness and, and your 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 size is a strength for you, right? By not putting a lot of emphasis on CX and kind of just saying, we're going to put up a form and people can reach out to us through there. With so many large players in the game, you're inviting those customers to say, oh, okay, like your same product is on Amazon or Walmart. I'm just going to go there and I'll spend an extra dollar or two but I know I'm going to be taken care of on the back end. Like people are paying a premium for the post-purchase because their time is valuable. So there are some small companies we're working with who are getting ahead of this and offering some really great solutions so that they can be very personal with those people and want to drive them back to the site and go above and beyond customer experience because they know how important that is to retention and LTV of their customers. So anyway, I, I just wanted to sprinkle that in there as well. No, you're absolutely you're absolutely right. And, and no, it leads perfectly into in, into the, into the next the next question, which is I'd love to kind of hear you talk about process, friend. So I think like in some of our first couple of chats together, I remember you telling me like part of the 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 evolution or the the birth of um, Hark was like you guys were paying attention to the way that the typical support and success process works at many companies today. So I'd love to kind of I'd love to kind of have you spend a few minutes sort of talking about that second CX pillar of process. What are some of the ways that as you and the Hark team have kind of grown and built out and expanded um, your product? How have you guys kind of thought about managing that process? And then how, what are some of the things that you kind of learned in terms of the way that you've been seeing some of your customers build out the way that they manage their process set or their living playbooks or their standard operating procedures sure. to really kind of help guide the support process? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we could talk about this the rest of the time. So Hark initially was a simple but elegant idea in the fact that asynchronous video, let the person engage on their terms, get it off their plate, move on. Um, another part of our process is what I, I, I talked about, trust and transparency. Uh, we send an email as soon as you submit the Hark and we give you a link like a Domino's Pizza Tracker so that you can see your ticket being worked on. And we found customer experience leaders loving that because they have such a headache with on the back end, merging tickets because somebody reaches out through this channel and that channel, but the same thing. Uh, we're obviously doing a disservice to our customers. We're not being transparent enough. This is a great source for them that not only are they getting with Hark the asynchronous video, but they're getting that. Um, what surprised me a ton is, you know, from the consumer perspective, we talk about the asynchronous video because it just makes sense. Like people are tagging brands on Instagram. It just makes so much sense. But the power of video is what you can do with it. And what we found is that we don't want to replace Zendesk. We don't want to replace Gladly or Gorgeous. I mean, what they are doing on the back end is incredible. It's these huge systems. But what we found is we can bring a lot of the features to life that CX leaders are, are, are not getting now. And, and what I mean by that is if you're, if you're an agent, your best ticket that you can get is a form because it has everything in a uniform sense. You've probably got everything you need because you asked for it and you know how to respond on it. But a form for the consumer kind of sucks. It's not like, you know, it's, it's antiquated. It's like the oldest way to communicate. So um, during this conundrum, so, so, so our thought is with Hark, how can we take this video and bring uniformity on the back end of these help desk software? So we integrate via API. Uh, and there's a few things I'll, I'll touch on now, and I'm sure you'll want to dig into some because um, I know like you're big on voice of the customer and things like that too. So with every Hark you get, we call it the perfect ticket. 
we transcribe the video, right? We don't want to have agents sitting there watching the whole time. That was a big thing. Uh, every CX leader was like, that's going to take a lot of time and a lot of effort. They're going to have to be typing things out. It's almost like they're on the phone doing the same thing. We're just watching a video. So we transcribe it. We collect name, email, and phone number. What we don't do is collect order number or order details because that, again, puts onus on the customer. They have to copy and paste. What if they get it wrong? Everybody has the Shopify extension in their help desk software, or they can easily find that with a click of a button. Just have three unique identifiers. And a big thing that we added later was sentiment. Because if you think about sentiment today, it's very two-dimensional. It's words on a page. And I, I use my mom for an example. She probably sends an email in all caps because she doesn't know what she's doing. And she doesn't mean to be like mad or anything. Right, she right. just communicates that way. And you could take that, like for me, I get an email like that. I think it's urgent. The person's pissed off and yeah, I'm, I'm someone's yelling at you. Someone's yelling at you, right? So you're you're trying to iterate tone through words. And unless you pick up keywords like I'm frustrated or this is taking too long. Okay, like you know that they're a little peeved. But what if you can inflect video, tone, now, uh, now the wording, and also, you know, like what's going on? If it's a selfie, you can see it in their face as well. If it's them using their point of view, that's different too. So what we found is we're elevating these, these brands, customer experience, uh, voice of their customer programs to a place they've never been. A lot of people right now, again, CX leaders have a hard job. They are trying to do a voice of the customer program and bring in product, bring in engineering, bring in marketing, which is so important. But when you put up on a slide, like a slide deck, you know, Google Slides, and you put a few emails up about why somebody was upset, it kind of falls on deaf ears. People are like, oh, okay, like we got some bad emails. Let's move on with our day. But when, you know, we have a dashboard for, for automating voice of the customer so people can easily go in and look and find, okay, damaged products for this um, and people who were negative in their sentiment. If you can easily put up four videos and now you have people inviting you into their homes, showing you where the product sits, how they use it, what it looks like, how the damage is. It's personal. I mean, you immediately become affected by that. And that's where the CX leaders come back to us and say, my product bleed asked if they could follow up with that customer directly. Well, now we're talking about the full customer journey. Now we're talking about getting followed up by an executive of the company. How great do I feel as a customer? So it's just amazing to see on the back end. It's not just the video coming in. It's what we do with the video and the data that we give you that can elevate so many aspects of your business and have you take off versus a very crowded space of e-commerce and retailers who are selling things online and dropshipping them to your door. So uh, it's been pretty cool to see that evolution come to life based on our customer feedback. I, I completely, completely agree with that. I think um, it's funny, man, hearing you say it like that. It's it's funny, you know, over the last two years with many of our clients at CXE, we do these customer listening tours for them where we basically, we take as the, we take the expert role in trying to go through, you give us X number of customers and we will literally give you back um, a fully robust, super detailed, organized voice of customer report, right? The idea being like, we'll show you how you can build and advance some of the VOC reporting, or remember, friend, a voice of employee too, VOE. So VOC reporting on the customer side, VOE on the yeah. voice, that's super easy to do, to, to, to do the two. Um, but what's funny is like, you're right, man. I've literally presented in front of a variety of, of, of executive teams inside of the boardroom where you're showing, let's say like some of the biggest or the baddest detractors of the month. And you're, and you're right. You, you just gave me a picture in my head of up on the big screen, you might have 
whatever their survey feedback was or like the buzz line where you really thought you would make the people in the room kind of cringe with yeah. like, you know, your product's terrible because of X, Y, and Z or whatever. Yeah. Or you're right. I've done the exact same thing where you take screenshots, screenshots of um, employee emails and you're right. There's, you know, people look at it and I've absolutely, I have countless memories of where specific executives across different parts of the business would say, well, what do they mean about the sales process sucks right there? What's that mean? So you might have your CRO get involved on that side. CTOs always, whenever there's any, any issue about bugs or product breakdown, CTOs always putting their hand up saying, what do you, who is this? What type of, where are they coming from? Why are they saying this? What about this thing that we just fixed in spread? Right. Et cetera. CEOs are typically most about sales, right? Whenever you're seeing positioning around right. sales, right? Growth, future opportunities that equal tomorrow's uh, revenue streams. Um, they'll poke questions on that. But what's interesting, man, is you're right. Like inside of our listening tours, we would do some of these abridged versions where we take some of the best of the clips that we did in, 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 inside these VOC reports. And what's super interesting about Hark, man, is you guys are doing that at scale, right? You're being, you're going to have the ability as the business grows, as the product grows, uh, as your platform yeah. grows, as the network grows. That's the other thing that mean you're always talking about, Fran, right? We're, we're both founders of businesses trying to get, get, get these bonfires started. So more and more and more people come around the fire and they understand what, how their worlds can be improved by the things that we're building. Right. And it's, I can easily imagine like a, a world where some of our um, like your customer feedback digest or your employee feedback digest for the month, especially think if you're a bigger company and you just are able to scroll through a variety of the best, the brightest, the most impactful or the, or, or the, yep. the most um, interesting or the most funny too, man. Cause I'm thinking like, this is another interesting part about having video. You get some characters that go yeah. through for, for success or for support. It's another way of kind of making things a little bit more fun where you get, you literally get a taste for the, the different personalities that your customers equal. And it, it's, it's, it's a reminder on the, on the bad times it's motivating. Cause they want to figure out how you can fix stuff on the good ones. Oh man, that's the other thing is like not nearly enough companies spend time doing the celebrations of the promoters of the month, right? The mm -hmm. best feedback. So I think with Park, like you get into the world of once you start to compounding all this video um, that that can theoretically be reshared, repurposed, reused. That's interesting, man. I think that's a super interesting place, and I think a lot of a lot of CX and CSers are going to be interested in how they can sort of leverage some of that for their for their own future scale and and their and their own yeah. teams. There's there's two really really important parts of that. Is one with video, people ramble, right? So we've we've gotten Harks come in where. Someone's like taking a tour through their house and showing you different stuff where something comes in damage, but they're like, look, I have your product over here and I love this one, but like, why is it? So you get people rambling and you, you pick up tidbits in there that you wouldn't normally. Uh, the second is that it's all organic, right? So it's not 30 days after the fact and you're reaching out with a survey or whatever, five days after the fact. You're getting in the moment and you're, you're, you're allowing them to feel heard and voice their frustration or voice their pleasure or just say, hey, like I'm just getting in touch. This is the easiest way for me. Um, but when you capture that in the moment, it's more real, it's authentic. So I think that's a big leg up. And, and you're right, in the future, I mean, the benchmarking surveys we can do and, and things like that, the studies we can do with all of this data, it's it's incredible. I, I completely agree. And again, it's just it just gives so many different ideas for where the future of our space is going to go and what additional types of mediums are going to come into play. Um, yeah. Fran, I'd love to, we've talked a lot about a lot about tools and we've talked a lot about um, the heart tool, but like, I'd love to kind of give you a blended question here. As far as like, um, you mentioned Gorgeous, you mentioned Gladly. Um, have there been any primary tools that you and the heart team have been using that um, have really kind of helped allow um, the ease of some of the growth and the ease of some of the development that you guys are doing with the team? Um, and Or are there any tools that you're seeing your customers using that are kind of already repeating again and again and again. I'd love just for you to spend a minute or two talking about tools. 
Yeah. Um, no, nothing, you know, on the, on the CX side right now, uh, we are doing, I mean, the only thing I'd say is we're doing a lot of user testing. So everything we do, we exhaust with our network and we exhaust the user testing to make sure we totally understand the impact that has on the customer journey. Uh, and that wasn't led by me. I know you and I talk a lot about, but my head of product is very, very big on that. Like everything gets into detail about the customer journey and how we inflect that. So that, that's been a big part of our building process. But I think in the industry, I'm seeing some really interesting stuff come out. Um, I, I, I've gotten very close with the fellows uh, and gals at Lang.ai. Uh, they do automated tagging. And I think it's so important because when you can tag efficiently, on the tickets coming in, which again, are always disjointed, they're not uniform. Uh, they just give you a leg up when you're reporting. And the more data you have at your fingertips, the better your company is going to be if you do something with that data. And they give these companies who are smaller and they're trying to uh, navigate, they, they give them a fighting chance. Um, I think Flip is doing some really cool stuff on the phone, uh, formerly RevRoute, Brian and his team there, um, just making things easier on the call centers. Honestly, what's interesting, the technology, but the BPOs I've met have been unbelievable. Like, you know, higher ratio, awesome OS, um, the way they go about helping you scale your CX team and the way that you go about thinking about that, um, they make it a lot easier for the CX leaders and they provide really, really exceptional service. So uh, th those are probably the three top of mind that come up all the time with, with, with customers. And I, I think they're all going to be winners in the space and they're looking toward the future uh, 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 of CX versus, you know, what we have now, which are, I hate to say it, but like AI for chatbots that makes you sound more human. Um, I think as consumers, you've got a really, really smart consumer base and people see right through it. So uh, I think the ones that are adapting and looking forward are getting a lot of traction, especially now post COVID people are investing a lot into the post-purchase journey because they've gotten the customer acquisition side, the, the buying journey down so well, they're looking at technology and tools to make that post-purchase even better. To totally agree. Totally, 100% agree. And, and I love that you call those out, man. And we had a Jose. Jose was on the, from Higher Ratio was on the show um, a while back talking about the incredible things they're doing. On the, and you're right, the BPO side is starting to take a different type of path where the technology or their ability to help companies even just with, with, with the scaling yeah. of your team and your capacity management, there's some incredible things happening there. Um, Fran, I'd love to, I'd love to dive into the fourth and the final pillar of feedback, man. And I'm going to ask you this a little bit different because everything that we really talked about today was about feedback, but yeah. if there's like three main things and I'm not, to, not to throw Curvell at you, but like if there's like <laughs> three major trends or if there's like three major focus points that you think um, are going to become paramount in terms of the way the companies manage their feedback. Obviously, both you can convert that both to your your your, your customer feedback and your employee feedback. But like, if there's like three main things that you're kind of hearing or talking about or just seeing on a regular basis when you're having your conversations with people about how they can improve their feedback, what would those three things be? Or, or what are like the what are the top three areas that you see as like a, just a, the biggest opportunity for how customer focused business leaders can really start to up their feedback game? Yeah, the, the top three. Um, I don't know if I'll get to all three, but I the one thing that comes up a ton. <laughs> no, is the, the top focus areas. I didn't mean the to top focus areas. That's fine. That's fine. Um, top three some of the top things you're hearing around. Yeah, I think a lot of people are 
so used to the reporting coming out of the help desk CRMs or help desk softwares. There's opportunity, you know, a lot of our companies like, like Hark, like Lang and these others, you, you connect via API. So you get access to everything going on. And I think, well, I know actually, because I, I'm always asked for it, giving a new lens into that data is paramount because a lot of these brands and these companies don't have like a data science team like bigger companies do, like Kraft Heinz or something like that. I mean, they have a full data science team that are using Snowflake and having all these systems talk to each other. And that's why they know their customer base. Like they know exactly who's buying Philadelphia cream cheese in Ohio, right? Like they know that down yep. to the mile. Yep. But these smaller brands don't have it. So I think what you'll, you'll see is companies not only do, again, our process is our process and Hark has its niche that we're wedging in and we're going to be something much broader and much bigger. But one of the biggest things for our company is doing the reporting and giving CX leaders a new way to communicate internally with data, but making it easy for them because they don't have time to do all this themselves. I mean, they're, they're putting out fires left and right. They're hopping on this. They're, they're like, what are the department scales up and down as much as CX does? None. No other department. They're constantly fluctuating. They're constantly training. They're constantly going through all these things. They need help. So I think the more you can give them this data wrapped up in a new way and saying, have you thought about it this way? You're, you're going to make them more successful internally and, and, and externally with their customers. Yeah, I, I, I think you're absolutely right, man. And, and again, guys, Fran, I, Fran probably has a laundry list for me at this point, because every time we chat, like there is so many different ways that you can use this. He mentioned a transcription. He meant, mentioned sentiment analysis. He mentioned um, the almost like the managed service view or the managed product service view of, hey, you're not ready to have a data scientist. And hey, you're not ready to have someone build advanced reporting or advanced analytics. No problem. We've got so like all of these thoughts, Fran, all these different possibilities, all these ideas, they're right. They're, 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 they're spot on where like these are a lot of the challenges and these are a lot of the issues that modern CX and CS leaders face. These are a lot of the challenges and a lot of the opportunity sets for how you absolutely can get better. I don't care what type of business you are and I don't care what type of industry space you're in. The reality is there's, and Fran, you were never chatting about this the other day. There's a ton of companies out there that are crushing it financially. So like they're crushing their sales goals and they're crushing their, their, their the way that their financial performance views look, but they're not even doing some of the stuff yet. It makes you wonder like, wait a yeah. minute, like, if there's, if you, the minute you could start to apply different iterations or different versions of the types of things that Fran and I sort of chatted through today to small and medium businesses, to mid-market companies, to enterprise companies and beyond, it's, there's just no more debate here. Every company can stand to gain from, from some of these different things that we're talking about today. So absolutely love it. Fran, before we wrap up, man, um, yeah. give, give the CX Nation um, uh, a shout out around where they can find more about you, man, or where they can find yeah. out more about, and then any, any, any other last items that you want to kind of shout out? Yeah, uh, you can find us, sendhark.com. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, it, it's my name, F. Brisky. I'm sure uh, Adrian will, will tag me in the post about the podcast and you'll be able to find me that way. Absolutely. Um, I do a lot of discussions with CX leaders, like we're doing one coming up about Black Friday, uh, Cyber Monday, and the holidays, and, and, and what are some best practices around scaling up and down. So I, I like to try to connect with a bunch of CX leaders and just talk about what's going on, not, not Hark related, just in general, because I think we can all benefit from that. Um, and, and the community is amazing in the CX world. Uh, everyone's a pleasure to work with, which obviously, I guess you would think. And they're, and they're, they're not afraid to talk, Fran, either. This is a group of professionals that yeah. doesn't mind hopping on a phone call or a Zoom chat and chatting it out. Yeah, they, they, they want to help. So um, so you can find me there. I'm very active on LinkedIn. Um, 
but, but just reach out via send Hark. So you can go to our contact us side and use Hark to contact us and let us know who you are and what's going on. And we receive it uh, on the back end and our help desk software too. Uh, one thing I guess to wrap up is it, 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 like the humbling experience behind all this. I got Figma is very top of mind because they just had a massive exit or, you know, they were acquired for a lot of money. <clears throat> and you talk about companies that are growing so rapidly and they're trying to provide best in class customer service. And I remember right before we launched Hark, something happened with my Figma account and I, I was trying to put a new credit card in and I could not do it. I was getting an error. It was a bug. And I went through nine emails back and forth, sharing screenshots. They're coming back with this, they're coming back with that. Meanwhile, I'm trying to build a company and I got to get going. Um, and I'm just thinking, I build a product for this. Like, let me just send you a hark. It'll be so much easier. You'll totally understand what's going on. And, and, and those situations are when it started to click. And then when we brought customers on and the customers are sending us Slack messages, Slack messages about how to be more efficient on the back end. And the team loves when they get hearts because they're the best ticket. It's, it's humbling, man. And, and, uh, We've got a great team on my end, all people that I've worked with in the past, and we're just here to help. Uh, you you get us, like what you see is what you get, and, and we're growing pretty quick. So so please reach out if you just want to learn more. We're happy to hop on the phone because we always learn from those conversations. And um, it's, it's been a pleasure chatting with you, brothers, as always. 100%, Fran, thank you so much for joining the show, man. I, lo I love what you guys are building, and I can't wait to see what the future brings for you. And uh, I'll look forward to keeping in touch moving forward, man. Yeah, likewise, brother. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the CX Chronicles podcast. We're thrilled to have you as a part of the CX Nation, tuning into customer-focused business leaders from across the world. Be sure to check out the CXC website, and as always, find us on any of your favorite podcast players, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Thanks so much for making this show a reality and being a part of the CX Nation. And as always, folks, remember to make happiness a habit.